Welcome to the Children's Heart Foundation's third at the Heart of Research chat. Today we're excited to be speaking with Dr. Rohan Kumtaker, who is the 2019 recipient of the American Academy of Pediatrics Pediatric Cardiology Research Fellowship Award. This award is made possible by an educational grant from the Children's Heart Foundation, and it provides the research support for an individual who has demonstrated aptitude for basic science or clinical science research during their pediatric cardiology fellowship. And I first want to say a big congratulations on being awarded this year. And we look forward to hearing more about your research and the outcomes you're hoping to see from it. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, it's, it's our pleasure. So I'm going to jump into our questions uh, your research project is titled A Novel Tool for Precutaneous Implantation of Pacing and Defibrillation Leads in Small Children children and Infants. Can you tell us more about this project? Yeah. So um, the, uh, the group here at um, Children's National um, has been uh, working on trying to m- um, minimize uh, interventions essentially for um, pediatric patients who may need pacemakers or implantable cardioverter defibrillators or ICDs. Um, sometimes uh, children who have certain uh, heart conditions will need pacemakers or ICDs and the current standard for Im- implanting them is actually an open heart surgery. And so the overall goal of, uh, of our research is to sort of um, minimize the pain and um, uh, the procedure that goes along with that. And so all of our uh, efforts have been to going towards trying to develop a novel approach to um, implant leads onto the outside surface of the heart and sort of avoid this open heart surgery. That's the current uh, gold standard for uh, implanting these systems. Right. So um, it's a very so- less invasive way of uh, implanting. Yeah. So uh, whenever people, most people who think of pacemakers or ICDs will usually think of adults who need pacemakers or ICDs. And so when adults need those devices, they actually have the um, the leads, the electrical cables that provide um, the electrical impulses. They have them paced, uh, they have them placed through veins in the um, upper chest, just under the clavicle. And so they, uh, those leads are um, put inside the veins, and then the veins lead directly to the heart. And so that's considered, that's called the transvenous uh, uh, system. That's called transvenous implantation. And so um, the generator itself is placed in a small pocket just under the, under the muscle um, in the upper chest. Now, as you can imagine, the same device placed in an infant or a small child is going to be way too big to be placed in that same location. Right. And in addition to that, their veins are so small that the leads that we have available are not currently, um, they're not uh, uh, very good for infants who are so small because they can either cause blockages or stenosis over time or clots. And then as children grow up, adults obviously are already full size, but uh, w- once children grow up, they can lead to stretching on the lead or even fracture or a loss in insulation. And so that's not recommended in children. So that's why they have to have this open heart surgery. And so instead of placing uh, the electrical cables or the leads on the inside surface of the heart, we are placing them on the outside surface or the epicardial surface. And so um, what we're trying to do is to develop 
new tools and new approaches to access the epicardial surface of the heart without having to do a full surgical procedure. Um, and so we're building off of work that has been done in our, um, our research lab previously. Right. And that makes sense because you wouldn't want to put adult leads in an infant or a small child because that would ultimately lead to an unnecessary surgery possibly or um, redoing the leads some other way. Like there, there could be complications, so that would lead to even more invasive uh, surgeries, or replacements or issues that would go along with yeah, that's exactly right. And so, um, and so, trying to instead of trying to sort of force a square peg into a round hole, um, we're trying to uh, develop a, a round peg of our own, so to speak, if to use that analogy. Unfortunately, you know, the the majority of the uh, device market is adults, and so. Um, uh, device companies themselves don't have a whole lot of incentive to try and um, modulate their products to fit children. Um, and that's where we come in and then try to sort of use what exists out there and develop new things that can um, just kind of use what we have to achieve the goals that we want to achieve. And so that kind of leads into the second question. You've also touched on um, what outcomes do you hope come out of this research. So one is, you know, a less invasive technique and um, a different type of lead or pace, pacer or pacemaker. Yeah, so the, the research all sort of builds upon itself. So um, previously, um, other fellows who have sort of come before me um, have worked on um, different approaches so the original uh, idea was to have um, a camera go in from the side of the chest using just like a needle stick puncture and then um, another uh, needle uh, going through the front and trying to access the, uh, the flexible sac that surrounds the heart, the pericardium, um, using a needle under direct visualization from the camera that's coming in from the side. And so that's two different incisions but it's still less invasive than cutting open the whole sternum or cutting open uh, uh, into the chest wall um, in a surgery. And so they were able to use that needle to access the pericardium, which is the sac surrounding the heart, and um, place leads onto the surface of the heart that way. Then they developed a um, thoracic access port that's uh, an all-in-one tool so that we don't have to have two separate incisions. And so using just a uh, simple, single one centimeter incision, we are able to um, both use the camera through one of the channels of the port to visualize the heart, and then the needle through the other channel of the port to access the heart. And so um, that access provides a pathway for us to put ICD and pacemaker leads onto the surface of the heart. Um, and all of this is done under direct visualization because um, in pediatrics, we're trying to minimize the use of fluoroscopy or other um, imaging techniques that might require radiation. Right, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and so doing it under direct visualization is kind of a nice way to um, make sure that you're avoiding hitting any critical structures because obviously you're going into the uh, very close to the 
surface of the heart. You're right. going very close to the blood vessels that provide blood and oxygen to the heart, the coronary arteries. And so you want to avoid injuring anything while you're in there. And so uh, the visualization with the camera is a great way to do that. It, it sort of takes all the guesswork out of it. Right. And, um, and that's and, a great thing also about the technology, too, is that's even come such a long way to help in placing the pacemakers and the leads themselves. And, you know, you have maybe a hospital stay of a day versus two to three weeks for open heart. So that's a huge difference. And I mean, that's a great just push forward. Yeah. So the port itself, we um, we're actually in the process of getting um, FDA approval um, to be able to trial this in children. And we've, uh, we've done a number of studies now in a number of uh, different scenarios with, uh, with our animal studies to, to make sure that it's going to be safe and it's going to be successful. And so we're, we're getting to the point where um, we're, we'll probably see it being used in an in a actual human patient um, sometime within the next year or so, hopefully. Well, that's amazing. Um, but but the, the actual the research that I'm going to be doing with the Children's Heart Foundation grant actually builds upon that even more. So the current uh, system, like I said, is a single one centimeter incision, and we've actually devised a way to get it down to just a couple of millimeters. Oh, wow. It would be just a needle stick, the same way that they currently do to, say, take fluid out if there's fluid surrounding the heart to get fluid out that way. And that procedure is done over with a combination of uh, x-ray and ultrasound. But like I said, this takes all the guesswork out of it by doing it under direct visualization. And we've patented uh, a system where the camera, instead of being on the outside looking at the heart, is actually inside the needle. And so we can visualize where we're going within the, um, the, the pericardium and then also inside where we're uh, how far in the, uh, the sheath and everything is going. So it's kind so. of a, the same technique, I guess you could say, as a cardiac catheterization, right? So you're inserting the needle in the camera to look at the arteries and the heart. It's, it's similar in, in, in a way, but, um, but cardiac catheterization is usually done um, inside blood vessels themselves, whereas we are outside the blood okay. vessels because, um, like I said earlier, the blood vessels are too small right. to allow um, uh, pacemaker and ICD leads to be placed inside them. So we're completely extravascular, which sort of takes a lot of the complications out of it. There's less likelihood of bleeding. There's less likelihood of... Um, uh, clots or anything sort of going to uh, clots forming and going to places where they can cause problems like the brain or the lungs. Um, so it, it, it's actually a different sort of solution. Um, and then the, the camera actually lets us visualize both the inside of the thorax to make sure we're not injuring anything on the outside of the heart and then even within the space to make sure we're not injuring anything on the inside uh, between the pericardium and the epicardium which is the sac surrounding the heart and then the outside surface of the heart because there are blood vessels there as well. Okay. So right. it sort of um, miniaturizes even more the process that we currently have. Um, and so one could, one could uh, ask the question, why are we doing this? Like, why are we trying to get it down to an even smaller stick than we already have it? We're already pretty minimally invasive. And obviously the answer is that, you know, 
we always want to try and get it to be as le- least the least invasive as possible to minimize the amount of pain and uh, the procedure time for the patient right. themselves. Right, and that's that's incredible, and especially on small children. You know, you want to the like you just said the size of the incision and the pain after the procedure is greatly diminished uh, versus a, a bigger incision but that's just incredible that you can do and you're seeing such good results with such a smaller incision um, and that's definitely the future and yeah yeah and so you had mentioned uh, you had asked me about some of the outcomes um, this current the current uh, uh, iteration of the so the tool that we've built where the camera is inside the needle um, we actually have to you know we've tried to do it a few times in like um, a cadaver model mm-hmm. and we've uh, noticed a few things with the ergonomics of the tool itself and so the first part of our study is going to be to um, design uh, a much more ergonomic way so that this can all be held by one person and the scope can be adjusted without sacrificing any of the um, safety uh, associated with it and then we're going to use um, part of the uh, funds to build our own prototype. Like I said, nothing like this even exists that's available commercially. Right. So um, we're really building materials. We're 3D printing them from scratch and putting them together with the uh, collaboration with our engineers. Um, children's, before I, before I go any further, I just want to point out that Children's National has a very, um, we're very lucky that we have such a, um, such a good collaboration with our engineering department here. We have uh, the Sheikh Zayed Institute for Pediatric Surgical Innovation. It's the top floor of our children's hospital, and it provides um, a whole uh, a whole cadre of engineers that just work on um, solutions for pediatric patients, which is so great. That's so cool. Um, that is and- really cool. Yeah, and um, and as physicians, um, you know, we don't always have um, the opportunity to interact with engineers on that level. I mean, they're being in the same building, and you know, they'll so that we can come to them with clinical problems and ask them what solutions they can come up with because they think so differently than we do. And so I've had the privilege of being able to work with them over the last four years, and it's been just just tremendous. Um, and so they're the ones that are helping us. Uh, well, they're the ones who are really designing this, to, and then we're the ones who are sort of helping them with the the, um, the specifications. And so once we have built our new tool, we'll be able to test it in a, in a live animal model. And, um, and the outcomes that we want to see is, are that we are able to safely place um, a lead on the outside surface of the heart, and we're able to um, pace the heart and sense what the heart is doing, and uh, and that will give us a jumping point to the to the next study, which will be like a medium term chronic uh, model, where the the animal will live with a pacemaker for a little while and sort of take it from there. Well, that's great. That yeah. Well, and that goes into the next question. And how does receiving this grant from the Children's Heart Foundation help move the research forward? You did say you worked with the engineers, so the technology alone in this is like completely it wasn't like you said it wasn't existing what 10 years ago and now we can do so much for the 3d printing models and tools like you're creating right and so it 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 takes a lot to sort of um, build something that doesn't exist 
Um, right. so we have to like modify uh, things that do exist and get them to sort of fit our specifications. Um, one of the, um, uh, the the tool itself is actually under, a, I believe, a provisional patent at the moment. Um, and so, the, like I said, the engineers helped. Uh, the engineers designed it, and um, and we helped sort of bring it to, to to concept. And now that we have our first iteration, we need to um, go back to the drawing board a little bit and improve some of the. Um, improve some of the uh, minute details so that to make it uh, able to be used by one person and making sure that we're not sacrificing safety with that. Um, and so the, the, me- the mechanics of actually um, using the tool, uh, that's what we're working on of improving. And then once we have that together, um, the grant will really help in terms of doing the first iteration of animal studies, which are called acute studies, which is that we want to prove that the concept works and that we're able to place the leads on the outside surface of the heart. And when you say only get down to one person, how is the second person, second doctor involved in that process now? So um, because of the way the tool works with the camera within the needle, and there's a few different attachments so that we're able to um, provide carbon dioxide, which um, uh, gas through the needle as well. Um, in order to see anything inside the chest, whenever you put a camera in there, you have to uh, what's called insufflate the chest or pump gas into that uh, area so mm-hmm. that it expands. Otherwise, you can't really see anything. Everything's sort of squished together. Right. So there's an attachment that provides the gas, and then after the procedure is over, the body just absorbs it, and it's non-toxic. This is used. This has been used for years in laparoscopic sur- surgeries in adults and children and everybody. Um, but we need an attachment on our tool that provides that into the chest because we're just going in with one needle stick. So this tool has to provide that as well as the needle, as well as the dilator, as well as, as, well as the sheath and the scope, and the camera. And in addition to that, we also have a way to, if, if the needle gets into the para, pericardium, but there's not that much space to advance it, we have a way to provide a little bit of um, saline or salt water that we can inject through there that sort of expands the space a little bit for us as well. So all those different attachments go into a single tool. And so it's a bit unwieldy to use just yourself and so that's what we're going to improve so that um, it can be done by just one person. So that, you know, anytime you add extra people to a procedure, it sort of um, decreases the likelihood that it's going to be used by everybody. And uh, we obviously want our tool to be available to whoever wants to use it, regardless of how many doctors they have with them that can help them with the procedure. Yeah, that's definitely makes sense. and. I can, it gets a better idea of how you can come down from the two to the one um, monitoring and um, placing the leads and the pacemaker and defibrillator, which is incredible. Um, Like it's some, it's some of this stuff you just, it's really hard to believe that it's coming to such a head and the research and the technology is just growing. And I would say that, you know, what you're doing and, you know, looking forward to FDA approval is huge in the space that you are. And I know adult, there's so much for adults versus pediatric um, heart patients. So all of this is really good and needed. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, and then we hope to like really, you know, this is the, the current application we're um, sort of designing this for is children who require a pacemaker and ICD when they're an infant, mm-hmm. but not necessarily everybody who has a type of congenital heart disease. Um, sure. But sure. we hope to expand our applicability to patients who have congenital heart disease who sometimes get um, heart block after uh, surgery and may need a pacemaker on top of that. And then there's um, potential, you know, um, many years down the road, there could be potential applications for even, say, pacing a fetus mm-hmm. um, since we've gotten it down to just a needle stick, which right. is um, currently how a lot of fetal interventions are done. Um, but right. potentially we could put something down um, and be able to pace a fetus who's having trouble with their heartbeat. Right, and that's incredible. And does it grow with the child then, or is there revisions down the line as well? So um, anytime you place a lead onto the surface of the heart and in a child who's going to grow, you need to uh, place enough lead length to allow for the lead to sort of stretch and expand as the child grows. Um, We haven't uh, gone into the business of designing um, leads that are specifically um, would be used for children, yet we're still working on the approach itself. Mm -hmm. The tool itself is just used during the initial implantation, and so once you have the leads in there, they're going to do... They're going to function however they would function if we had placed them uh, using the current open heart method. We're just trying to um, minimize the invasiveness of the approach itself. Okay. Um, but down the line, um, we're, our goal is to try and uh, potentially enter the lead space as well to d- develop something that uh, will grow with the child a little bit easier than our current systems. How does receiving this grant from the Children's Heart Heart Foundation help move this research forward? I mean, you talked about it, but what does this grant mean to you? Oh, it's it's a, it means a lot. I mean, anytime we're able to sort of minimize or uh, uh, try and decrease the amount of pain a child has, decrease the, the stress associated with longer hospital stay, or even... Uh, looking at something like staying in the hospital can be very costly for parents and families and very stressful. Um, anything we can do to, to minimize that um, is really, really helpful. I pers- on a personal level, I just, uh, I just had a baby recently and um, the, my baby had to be in the NICU for six days. So oh, I, no, I really, you know, if, if, I, if I didn't know before, and I, and I definitely did, I, I know even more now how important it is for, for patients and their families and how stressful it can be to have a child who's in the hospital. Yeah, and it, it really makes it sort of uh, increases the sort of the magnitude of, of, of how I feel towards the research, which is to really try and uh, to minimize all those things. Oh. And the, the grant from the Heart Foundation really, really will help us uh, develop this, uh, this tool which is really, uh, in our mind, uh, the next big thing to cross on the frontier is to get this procedure from any sort of incision down to a needle stick. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really making a big jump, and, uh, and the, the grant really helps us develop, uh, develop the technology further and also um, prove, the, prove that the concept works in an animal study. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it going to take to get the FDA to approve it? Um, so, we, uh, judging by my experience with the the current iteration that we have, the the single the one centimeter single incision access port, mm-hmm. um, we um, it, it's going to take uh, it's going to. I mean, obviously, their job is to make sure that this approach is 
uh, as safe as possible. Um, and so we're, we're going to need to do at least a few studies um, in, in animals, both on the acute, acute um, sense and in the chronic sense, and then prove that this device is, uh, is not too different from other devices that have come before it in order to um, sort of prove to the FDA that the safety profile is, uh, is uh, acceptable. Okay. Yeah, and I know they, their, their guidelines are pretty strict because they want it to be a safe approach. So uh, mm-hmm. that, yeah, there's that a, makes sense. There's a, it's difficult to, um, you know, uh, the, the line between innovation and safety, um, there, we hear about it all the time. Um, but obviously in order to make strides in the medical field, you know, people 30, 50 years before us had to innovate in some way and then, um, the FDA's job, obviously, is to make sure that we're doing it as safely as possible, and so I, uh, I respect that. Um, and so um, it, it, it'll take uh, it'll probably be a few years before this is able to be this this iteration that I'm going to be working on is going to be able to be used in children. Yeah, that's just really great. Well, we've come to the end of the chat, and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and informing our audience about the importance of your research and what you're working on. And, you know, you said your daughter was, you know, in, in the hospital and it, oh, it son, just, son, sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm your son. Yeah, no, um, that it just makes it that more real and you, you're more aware of what is happening when you're kind of put in that position. And, um, I think that'll, it just changes the perspective a bit. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Or it, it, it sort of re remotivated me to um to to dive headfirst into all of this. Well, and we thank you so much for your research because it's things like this that are so needed and doctors like you doing this research, it's only gonna make things that much easier and less invasive for the babies and the small children so thank you so much and thank you so much for taking your time to speak with us today and do this research chat sure if i could just mention real quick uh, i just want to give a a a shout out and thank you to um, everybody on my team who's um, who's supported us the, uh, the primary investigator um, on all of our, um, our research is Dr. Charles Barul, who's the Division Chief of Cardiology and the Professor of Pediatrics here at uh, Children's National and at the um, George Washington University School of Medicine. And he's my clinical mentor. He's my research mentor. He's guided me through all of this. Uh, and I'm in my last year of fellowship now, and he's, now he's helping me uh, move on to my, uh, my, where I'll be getting a faculty appointment. And so um, I couldn't, couldn't have done any of this without him. Um, the lead engineers on this research are um, Justin Offerman and Paige Mass, who have been tremendous in, uh, in uh, designing uh, all, of, all of these tools that we work on and helping us with all of the procedures and the, the clinical um, trials. Um, and then our previous research had been funded by both um, Medtronic, which is one of the device companies that we've been able to partner with. This current research that uh, we've been talking about today is not um, funded by them, but I wanted to make sure that um, I acknowledge that you know they are um, they are very much uh, in the in the thinking about um, our patients as well, and so they they um, they appreciate our goal of trying to trying to bring the um, the pediatric uh, bring pediatric devices into the forefront. And that's really good to hear because I know they just do adults 
um, they do pacemakers and defibrillators for the adults. So that's really good to hear. And we thank your team as well. It's not one person doing the research, it's a team. And congratulations on <laughs> the next steps in your career. Just thank you so much for, for being here today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.